Welcome to the Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. Hey out there, everybody. Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as always. This is episode 52. That's right. This is our 52nd consecutive weekly episode. So that means we are celebrating our one year anniversary here at the Drum Shuffle. And I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and and helping us have a very successful first year. As a new show, we've accomplished a lot of things that I never thought was possible. Uh, We have a fantastic interview for you today. I'm going to be joined by the Uh, just Mr. Everything. He is everywhere all the time and a super great drummer and a super great human being. I'll be joined by Rich Redman right after this message from Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned, we're going to be joined here in just a second by the fantastic Rich Redmond. Uh, Of course, everybody knows Rich from his work with Jason Aldean, and I think he's played on now, gosh, it's getting up close to 25 number one singles with Jason. Uh, Rich just plays all the time. When he's not on the road with Jason Aldean, he's doing a showcase for somebody, a studio session for somebody, uh, or a clinic some place. Uh, He's also a great author, so make sure you listen very, very closely in this interview. Uh, We have a giveaway to do uh, on uh, over at thedrumshuffle.com, Rich's new ebook, so make sure you listen for that. Um, We caught up with Rich uh, right around the the Christmas slash New Year holiday as he was taking a little bit of time off uh, from his busy schedule, so we really appreciated him taking the time to do it. So please, without any further ado, help me welcome the great Rich Redmond to the Drum Shuffle. Hey, Rich, welcome to the Drum Shuffle. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. You're one of the busiest guys in Nashville slash L.A., so I'm I'm glad we caught you on a day off, right? Yeah, I was just um, visiting with my folks here over the holidays, so I hope everyone got a chance to go see their family or parents or loved ones, uh, you know, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, um, yeah, actually had a little, um, a drumming related injury just from 40 years of playing the drums. I had like a little hernia and I planned all year to get it operated on. So my poor mom, she was like a career nurse. She came to Nashville and nursed me 
back to health and I gave me like a week and a half off and then I came back here to see her again and eat all of her cooking. So it's been a really great December. Well, that's good, man. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're on the mend. You know, it's after you've played for, you know, when you start counting your playing career in decades, there's all sorts of little aches and pains that we go through. And, and you got to take, right. you got to take care of that stuff if you're going to have any longevity. Absolutely. So I'm glad. Yeah, I'm all uh, I'm the bionic man now, man. <laughs> well, good for you. I think you were already the bionic bionic man before because, you know, I mean, I think the the question that I've always wanted to ask you is when do you sleep? How many hours of sleep do you get? Because you have so many things going on. I don't know when you have yeah. time to rest. Well, you know what? When you look at it, there isn't a lot of time in the day, but there really is. You know, if you if you if you're really organized and you have a laser focus and and you know what you want to accomplish, you can get a lot done in a day. And then you know, days add up to weeks. And you know, if you start if you figure out like how many like minutes are in your life, the average human lives to like eighty or eighty five. You start looking at your life in terms of minutes, like you'll live your life differently. So, um, so for me personally, like I know there's some really um, militant people that are like, I go to bed at 9 p.m. and I'm up by four and doing one-handed squat thrusts. You know, um, for, I'm not that militant. I just like I follow my body, you know. And so, like when I'm on tour, you know, I'm I've been doing probably clinics now for. 12, 13, 14 years, you know, I'm usually, I'm sometimes I'm the first guy up on our tour bus. And that just means that usually after we play the big stage and we get off and we're all sweaty, it's 11 PM and we all want to decompress a little bit for about two hours. It's one. And then you start putting yourself towards the bed and you're, br you're brushing your teeth and, um, oops, sorry. I got some weird audio happening here. Um, you start working your way of putting your towards the bunk and by the time you get in and you drift off, it's like two or two thirty in the morning. And then you got to get up at eight to go do it, you know, teach a clinic or a master class somewhere. So, so if you get five, five and a half, six hours, um, you know, there's different studies depending on who the study is being done by and what, what they're trying to gain from the scenario. But some people say like, you know, Hey, the human body only need, really needs four hours. And then some will say, five's great for me. No, I need nine. And new studies are saying, yeah, the human body, really nine hours is really what we should be getting. But if I get between five and seven, golden. And then there's sometimes where you're like, have to take strange red eyes and stuff and you're sleeping. I sleep on planes, you know, a lot of times. Um, I'll play a show and I'll mingle with the band a little bit. And then I got to take a car to the airport and because the band's going back to Nashville for 72 hours, but I might have to go to like Minnesota to do a speech or, you know, LA to host a charity event. I just go to where the work is. If the work presents itself and somebody cares enough about me to actually want me to be in the room enough to pay for a plane ticket and a hotel for me to be there, I'm going, yeah. you know? So I, I just sleep when I can. Yeah. I hear you, man. Well, I mean, you've just got so many cool things going on and, and, you know, I, I know you're familiar with the show and we typically kind of go back and, and do the memory lane tour. But there's so much info out there about you and how you got your start. What I thought we would talk about, you have so many cool things going on. I mean, just a quick glance at your website. Your title is drummer, actor, speaker, author, educator, producer. <laughs> so you wear a lot of hats in any given day. But what I think is so cool, you know, of course, everybody says, well, Rich Redman, you know, Jason Aldean, right? I mean, that's the first thing that everybody thinks of. But you have recorded with how many hundreds of artists in Nashville over the past 20 years? Yeah, there's been a lot. You know, you got to have a calling card. So it's always great to be known for something, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, as drummers, we're basically as good as the people that we surround ourselves with and the people that usually we back up. So, you know, your singer, songwriter, the artist that you play with, the band that you're in. Um, so, so for me, that's great. I, I, I beat the odds. You know, I found my, you know, Mellencamp. I found my, my Elton John. I found my Steve Earl. I found my Sting, you know, and a young guy named Jason Aldean. And I look back and I was like, oh my God, I've de devoted almost 20 years of my life to traveling a bus with this person, to being in the studio with them, to, to sleeping in airports and, you know, and experiencing some of the great joys like playing, 
you know, every late night and morning television show and award show and getting to hear ourselves on the radio, you know, we beat the odds. We did it. So that's a good calling card. And, and if there's any advice I can give to people out there is that once you start to be known for something, you have that calling card. You have that that moxie, you have that um, little bit of notoriety that you can use to open other doors. And I just posted a video today from the Drum History podcast, and I, it's, um, it's, they have an Instagram page, and it's really good stuff. I, I forget who's doing it, but it's like they're posting really good old videos that drummers our age have in our VHS collections, and they're, you know, <laughs> but I guess they're digitizing them or creating a link and putting them on the Instagram for the kids. And I just posted a thing about Sammy Davis Jr. today. You know, Sammy Davis Jr. was an all-around entertainer. He was a singer. He was an actor. He was a comedian. He was a dancer. And he was a drummer. And he was a public figure. And it's totally possible to have your cake and eat it, too. It's totally possible to to get up. You know, the, the drums kind of define me. They They allowed me to find success in my life. But they also have allowed me to open other doors. So I could write songs with people, so I could produce records, so I, be con- I can become a well-known educator, so I could put out books and help um, major companies like, you know, DW and Promark and Humesenberg create products with them. Um, it allows me to go take business meetings in Los Angeles. People say, what do you, oh yeah, I saw you on, today, on the uh, Tonight Show last night. Good job, man. What are you doing here? Well, I'm acting. Oh, so it's just a great way. To, to open doors. But um, some people, the youngsters, are all trying to do it all at the same time when they're young. And I remember what I did is I devoted about 30 years to getting really good at playing the drums. And then I started expanding. Yeah. And, you know, you said a mouthful there because, I mean, I, I've heard other uh, interviews, read other interviews, and you said, look, you know, I focus solely on playing drums. So anybody that called, you know, I need a drummer on Thursday, you know, for two hours. You were like, I'm your guy. I'm there. Um, you know, you, you, you didn't say, you didn't say no a lot early in your careers is what I'm getting at. And, you know, now you're doing all sorts of things, you know, the, the acting, um, the voiceover work, most drummers don't ever get beyond whatever artist or band they're in. That is their only calling card. So, you know, I, I, I find your story incredibly compelling in that, you know, as a drummer, you took control of your entire being, your entire career is what I mean. And you have branched out and it's just so cool. And, and we all look up to you for that. Oh, man. Well, I, I, I sure do appreciate it, man. It's like it's just all sorts of, of fun ways to be creative and it helps offset the, you know, the thing of uh, you know, I'm playing the same 24 song. Great. They're 20, they're, they're 24 number one songs and there's 10, 15, 20,000 people in the seats. And that's not a bad job at all, but you're playing those same songs over and over and over. So and I've been doing that for years. So doing these other creative things satisfies me in a different way. And it allows me to come back to the drums and be inspired by sitting behind a set of drums. And instead of just having that one thing that we do, because I have having that one thing that you do, um, can lead to burnout and a, and a burnt out person is, is, you know, yeah, that's not where, where you want to be. I want to be when people look and see me behind the drums, I want them to say, wow, that dude has got a big smile on his face. He's glowing. He's full of life and energy. He's so happy to be there. He's kicking butt for me. You know, I, I've never mailed in a performance ever in my entire life. And it could have been a coffee house. It could have been a rehearsal. It could have been sound checks. Like if I'm behind the set of drums, you're getting 150%. Well, I mean, I just think that's such a beautiful way to approach the instrument. It's, it's, it's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And it's a great way for, you know, for you to build your business and maintain, you know, develop your business and keep the phone ringing is that, you know, you, you're constantly giving people your best and the drums are a, we're kind of in a service oriented in, uh, industry. We're serving the song. We're serving the artist. We're serving serving the band. We're serving all the players on the floor or on the stage. It's, it's probably one of the most inst- important instruments for shaping the whole sound, feel, attitude, energy of the music. Um, 
we you, you don't want to hear a band without a without a good drummer you know we really have the power to shape it but at the same time we really just are serving that person that wrote the song you know and you've had a million of my heroes on your podcast that talk about serving the song and how do you do that well you do that from having tons of time in the trenches you know your thousands of thousands of hours and getting your dirty looks and getting your feedback from people who can tell you how to improve and having a willingness to improve, having a tender heart, having a, um, a, a an open, moldable attitude, like having those things are great. And then doing your homework. You know, I was listening to Chris McHugh's episode and he was talking about, you know, how would, um, how would um, Elton John's drummer do it? And, you know, how would Ringo do it? And, and, and just how special all these, these drummers are famous for a reason because of what they brought to all their, their bands. And, and the instrument is young. The drum set's a hundred years old. And so much has been done on the instrument and you really have to know your history. You know the history so you can break the rules. You got to learn the rules first, right? And, and so if you want to be that great rock pop drummer, you got to study the, the, the Nigel Olsons and the Jeff Vercaros and the Steve Gads and the John Robinsons. And, and then you, you find out what, what inspired them. And then if you really want to go back and you're like, Oh, I dig this Krupa guy. And where did Krupa, he got it from Cozy Cole. And then Co- where did, Co- you know, there was the field holler, you know, hollers and the, the work songs and where did jazz come from? And then you're, then you're dipping into African music and there's just so much to learn and it all cross pollinates. So, you know, being a student, a lifelong student of the instrument, I think is really, really important. Um, but yeah, we are in a service-oriented in, in, uh, industry. It's like, I want. Do you want the song fast? Do you want? Do you want it slower? Do you want it faster? Do you want it bluer? Do you want it greener? Do you want it sad? Do you want it happy? Someone's always shouting at us to do something, and we have to be able to execute and give people what they want quickly, yeah. with a smile on our face. Yeah, and and quickly is is very important, especially when you're in the studio tracking because time is money. And, you know, you've worked with, you know, Three Kings, you know, Tully and those guys. You guys have played on just, I mean, I, I couldn't even count that high probably. But seriously, when you're not on the road with Jason, you're pretty much in a studio almost every day. I mean, is that fair to say? Or, or have you slowed down with that a little bit? I've slowed down with that a little bit because the culture of the recording business has changed. So there would be a period of time there. I think there was a good decade or so that I would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I would play with Al Bean. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I would be working, you know, one long session a day or two sessions with two different drum sets. And I'd be playing on demos and some were house kits and some were using cartage and, you know, just going to where the work is. And there was live musicians being used on demos. And I think, you know, Chris and all the guys that are this, these, you know, Chris is a, Chris is a legend. Like he's like one of the newer legends and you have guys like Lonnie and Eddie, you know, I was talking to Lonnie the other night, Lonnie Wilson, he'd be a great interview for you. He's played on, I thought I was a cool guy, 24 number one songs. He's played on (laughs) 115 number one songs. Good Lord. Um, and you know, and he's, and he was coming into the business in the heyday of the business where, where he could play on two, three, number one songs a day. You know what I mean? It was just country music. It was just killing. The economy of music was crushing and he never went on the road. So for me to get, go get those numbers up to 24 has been an incredible accomplishment because the, all the time I've been working the studio angle, I've been working the road angle. So kind of living a double life, you know, where when I was, I was married a few years ago. My ex-wife would say, you know, when you're in town, you're not really in town. So like, I really don't, I really don't have a husband, you know, because, because, you know, we make these choices in our life and yeah, my record is I played on 21 demos in one day. It was three sessions where we did seven songs every three hours. And so if you start doing it, doing the math, it's like every 25 minutes or so you're playing on a song. So that's like hearing it for the first time, reading the chart or writing your own chart, click tracks on, you walk to the drums, you execute. Sometimes they're keeping your first pass. And then when the, when the guitar players are fixing or going down with an overdub, you're overdubbing tambourine and maraca. And it was just, I got really good at figuring out what a song was going to need. And, and it, and Nashville has a, we have a way of creating music that is, it is a bit formulaic. I mean, it's still coming from the great songwriters, you know, um, 
that tradition, but we have, okay, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a signature lick and there's going to be a four bar intro and then there's a verse. And is it going to be just a loop or is it going to be a loop? Are the drums going to come in halfway through and then the drums explode on the first chorus and then probably drums and loop on the second verse. And then there's going to be some sort of a solo or a bridge. And then there's a breakdown. It could be a false half breakdown. And then there's a chorus or a double chorus. And then there's a tag and an outro. You get really good at, at predicting things and finding out what's going to work on the radio and what that particular producer or songwriter or band leader is going to want. You know, you're, you're kind of like a psychologist slash coach slash artist at the same time. And believe me, having that skill set of being able to survive in the Nashville studios has really paid off when I go to do a recession in another city, you know, like Los Angeles, I have the ability to play tightly with a click and to tune my drums quickly. And, and we're working at a very fast pace. Um, you know, where in LA, if you do a songwriter session or for a rock band or something, it's the culture is just slower. It's more of like, you know, it's like California's surfing, man, you know, and there's so much traffic. So when you get to the studio, you're like, let's, let's hang out for a while. Let's take our time. <laughs> yeah. And so, so having that ability to like get a take really quickly and know what a song intuitively needs, it's really helped me. Um, so if somebody calls you for a recording session, go to it. So like I got, I got off track a little bit. Yes. My Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays and now might be, I might be, um, producing and playing drums on a project that I'm producing and also writing songs with the artist. So I have a production company called 1225 entertainment with my friend, my buddy, Mike Krampus. And so instead of, you know, working, playing the drums for someone else, where you're just kind of making peanuts, you know, I'm, I'm finding the act. We're developing the act. We're writing songs with the act. So we're getting publishing money. And then I'm executive producing and playing drums on the record with my partner. So I make way more money than showing up at a 10 AM session and playing three to seven songs for someone else. Well, again, that, that, that goes back to the taking control of your career, right? I mean, it, that's a common thread, I think, with you in the fact that, you know, you have created your own little empire. You really have. And I, I'm just in awe of it. And I think it's amazing. Oh, man, well, I, I appreciate it. I mean, you really have to stay one step ahead of the curve and you have to get out and shake hands and mingle with your peers and read the industry trade magazines and go to the NAM show and go to PAS and you know, read billboard and just keep a finger on the pulse of what's happening and things are changing and they're changing so fast. And I'm never going to be one of those guys just complaining. Like it's not like the old days or it's not where these new whippersnappers are coming in they're charging less or there's there. Everyone's programming. No one's hiring real drummers. Just dude, get over it, man. Learn how to program or start producing records or start writing songs or get another whole skill set together that you can make good money at. And then you can go and play your drums on the weekend. You know, there's just so many ways to, to do fun, creative things in the music business that are still related to drums, but you just have to be a little bit bold and a little bit brave and learn new skill sets and don't be afraid to market those new skill sets. And one of the strongest marketing tools you can have is just, like I said, going to those trade shows, getting out at night, mingling with your peers, telling the world, what you are doing and what you want to do. And, you know, I, I ask for help all the time. I, I have friends that are almost like kind of like mentors because they have better skill sets in certain areas. And so I'll send up the flag all the time and I'll be like, Hey buddy, what would you do in this situation? And you know, you just have to be humble enough for ask to ask for the help. Like I want to grow my business in this area or I want to start doing this. And people ultimately want to help you. I mean, we are in a competitive industry, but um, I, I'm happy that in the fact that in the last 23 years in Nashville, I've helped so many people. I've helped fellow drummers get career-defining jobs. I've put bands together for people that are still together 10 years later. I've recommended people left and right, and you just pay it forward. And, and, and also, education is a big part of that because if you want to keep – if you want to keep what you have, you have to give it away. 
So for me, there are no secrets. And that's why I kill myself to get up at eight in the morning on the moving tour bus and shower on the moving tour bus. And I pull in and some stranger picks me up and they take me to the drum shop. And if I can tell 60 kids about my life's journey and even one of them gets it and is inspired and goes and they, they can change their life just from hearing my story and hearing me play. I don't have any secrets. I'm tell everybody this is the, and I'm not a gear guy, you know, like I'm like, oh, I have this magic snare drum. I won't tell anybody. I'm playing an off the shelf black beauty from Forks drum closet, man. <laughs> right you know, on. I'm not a, I'm not a gear guy. It's like, you can either play the drums or not. And it's in your hands. It's, it's in your hands. I mean, it also helps to have relationships with the greatest instrument manufacturers on the planet that support me. But, um, I think that a good drummer can play a little CB 700 drum set with hydraulic heads from 1970 and old K bird cymbals and still make it sound pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I've talked about this on this show before, there's a video floating around on the internet of Benny Greb playing a SpongeBob SquarePants drum set that costs 39 bucks. And it sounds just like Benny Greb. I thought, isn't that, isn't that amazing? It, it really is. I was like, man, it sounds just like Benny, you know? I mean, so I think a lot of that is, you know, your sound does come from you. It, it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of drums you're playing or whatever. And we all have those, you know, awful backline stories where you show up to a festival and there's a backline kit and the heads are, you know, older than you. And, and there's just not a lot you can do with that, but you make do and it's like you said, mm-hmm. you don't mail in your performance that day. You do whatever you can to, to, to get it over, right? Yeah, no, people are going to be hiring you to, for, your, for your sound, for your homework that you do. You know, they're hiring you based on a reputation, and your reputation precedes you, and you cultivate a reputation based on one day and one handshake leading into the next. So, you know, over 23 years, people know, hey, if they're going to hire me, that the drums are going to show up, they're going to sound good, I'm going to be prepared, I'll have a smile on my face, I'll be able to take direction. That's a, that's a, those are, that's a hard thing to cultivate. It just comes from time. And you could do um, yourself some favors in the gear department. Like you could bring that snare drum that you know is, is perfect for that genre or that artist maybe your favorite bass drum pedal, you bring your lug block locks, you bring your drum dial, you always have duct tape because, sorry, gaff tape, because I know it's expensive, but you can use it to alter the sound of your drums and you can use it to keep your drums in place. So like, you know, I'm a hard hitter, so I tape everything down. So I don't have to worry about things coming apart in the middle of a, of a, uh, of a performance. And you make sure that you have brushes and rods and mallets and, tea towels and you have extra felts and wing nuts and all these little things you can do to kind of personalize your and and just be a total pro have your camera rhythm watch with your little in-ear and and your charts and your music stand and if you're doing fly dates man here's what you do on a fly date you get a floor tom case you stick your favorite snare drum in the bottom you put a towel over it you put your bass drum pedal in there you put your sticks in there you put your rhythm watch your ears your little mixer and then all your little tools and parts and it all fits in a floor tom case under 50 pounds. And then, no matter where you go, you can personalize that drum set with the most important things that will make or break your performance. Yeah, that's a, that's a great pro tip. Everybody makes fun of me because I have like this, uh, it's briefcase size metal case. You know, it's a tool case is what it is. But it's got, yeah. you know, plier screwdrivers. It's got my in-ears in it, all these extra cymbal felts, wing nuts. And people make fun of me because I take it everywhere I go. And I'm like, I don't know when a jam session is going to break out and I want to have stuff. You know? No, no. Yeah. No, you have to be a, a Boy Scout. And, you know, even like all the, you know, like my, my right hand man, John Hull, H-U-L-L, man, look up Johnny, Johnny Fletch drums on, on, on Instagram. He does some really cool tech tips about being a great tip a tech when he was first starting out like five six years ago i was like john we need two of everything i have to have two snare drums tuned exactly the same i need two pedals set up exactly the same your all your tools need to be ready to go um i need little lights for me to read my charts um let's have an extra bass drum head that's completely ready to go in case i go through that you don't want to be the guy holding up a show whether it be at a club for 50 people 
you know, a coffee house for five people or 50,000 people in a stadium. It's like you got to think about Murphy's Law and be prepared for those things. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we work great together. And if you don't have a drum tech, it's cool. But I'm telling you, you can really be your own best tech by thinking ahead with and having all that stuff ready to go. Two of everything. Yeah, well, in, in being prepared, and I want to take, I'm going to steal one of your quotes, if I may. Um, I, I think when you first got to Nashville, and, and I'm going to say that was 23, 24 years ago, something like that, you had an audition with a, a fairly well-known artist uh, by the name of Barbara Mandrell, and, and I remember you saying in, in some format somewhere they had asked you to learn three or four songs and you came in and knew the whole catalog. That's being prepared. That's being a pro. Yeah, that was uh, my audition for, for songbird, Trisha Yearwood. And oh, okay. as we all know, Garth, Garth Brooks, wife and a hell of a singer and a, and a cooking shows left and right. Um, but this was, uh, yeah, 23 years ago was, I think it's February or March of 1997. I flew myself in on my own credit card to Nashville to audition for her. And of course, Eddie had played Eddie bears, um, had played on all of her records. I believe she had three or four records out at the time. And I only had to learn five songs, which I learned really, really, really well. But I also charted out everything else and played along to everything else. And I only had six, five or six days to prepare for the audition. So what I was hoping was, um, that I had all the bases covered. Like, what if she said, Hey, do you know such and such a song from side, the B side of such and such record? And you're the only drummer. You're always looking for things to give you an edge. I look at, I think the Mike Mangini, when he was doing dream theater, I think he was the most prepared. I mean, everybody else was incredible drummers, but I had a feeling he was probably the most invested time wise and emotionally into their music. Like he prepared for it. He really wanted it. Um, and I will say that a lot of that, a lot of that has changed in Nashville. People ask me about auditions left and right, and that's becoming less, that's becoming a thing of the past as well, because there's just such this amazing pool of players that are all kind of networked together. And we all know each other. And we're all, we all go to the same watering holes and the same events. So when a gig becomes open, you know, we, there's no really need to audition because they're like, okay, who are my top five bass players that, so, you know, I worked, I worked the last 18, 19 years with my buddy Tully Kennedy 90% of the time. So I'll throw it to him. If he can't do the job, whether it be a session or a showcase or something like that, I'll go down my list of my other five bass players that not only are great and would do the job and look good on stage and do their homework, but also that I would want to spend an afternoon with, right? Rehearsing. Mm -hmm. And these are the things you start to think about more the older you get. It's like, okay. There's more of the horse left by, uh, behind the cart, right? There's, there's a lot left, more behind me. I only got so much time left on this. How do I want to spend my time? And I made those, I made those same, when I had a publishing deal for five years writing songs, I made my decisions about who I wanted to write songs with, not politically based on who was getting the most hits, like an idiot, I probably should have politicked <laughs> a little bit more and gotten in the room with the people that were having the number one songs. But I chose to spend my afternoons writing with people that I enjoyed spending time with. Um, so that's something, you know, that's food for thought, especially when you're picking your, your bandmates. If you have any kind of control over that situation, you know, you're going to be around these people 24 hours a day on the road, you know, hopefully if the artist is doing well for 20 years. So, you know, choose wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's great advice. And, you know, and, and I've talked to so many of my guests and they were like, you know, I may not have been the best player when I joined whatever band we're talking about, but I could hang with everybody and we all got along well. And that's half the battle. That is definitely half the, ba half the battle. It's like. You know, what I tell people is the three P's in life, your personality, your people skills, and your playing. And you notice how I put playing last. Your playing is an expectation. You being a great drummer and a great musician is an expectation, but it's your people skills and your personality that are going to open doors, get you gigs, and allow you to keep gigs. Um, 
and so those are the those are the <laughs> those are the three P's there. I so you know just from being an educator all these years, you know, kind of on the side in a second career, I try to come up with things that are easy for people to remember. You know, like crash. You know, crash is really easy to remember. It's my whole mantra for for successful living. So you talk about you know what are five things that can unlock the door to, to success, and it's like commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, hunger, crash. It's easy to remember, you know, and then I talk about the T's, you know, technique, tone, touch, and time. So those are the four T's. You got the four T's, you got the three P's, you got crash. The little things that can you could put in your back pocket and just kind of re- help you remember the big picture. What's really important here? Yeah, for sure. Well, and and speaking of you being an educator, let's do something cool for the Drum Shuffle listeners here. I know you've got a new uh, ebook that's available uh, let's give that away to, to our listeners. Are you cool with that? Oh, I would totally love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the book, I just kind of whipped it together in a couple of Southwest Airlines flights from Nashville to Los Angeles. And it's uh, called five keys to drumming success. And, you know, it's just kind of like highlights uh, some easy to remember things in a big, 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 big picture what what are the things that we need to be successful in and to cultivate a career in drumming? And it's not all playing. You know, the, like I said, the playing is an expectation. Um, so let me see. I'm going to open the book here and, and see five keys to drumming success. And I think you're going to have a... Um, a link to it maybe on the podcast? Yes, your- absolutely. We'll do a link on the drumshuffle.com and we will mm-hmm. give give this to our listeners. Uh, all they got to do is click on the link and uh, uh, I guess download the book, right? Yeah, download the book. It's, just, it's an ebook, and it's it's just so crazy, like, you know, surviving all these changes in in technology but i mean it'll open up on your iphone and your in your kindle and your e-reader you can just download as a pdf to your desktop but this is what it all boils down to i'm going to go to the table of contents here um it boils down to technique right and so we talk about technique which is basically hand development and rudimental training and i talk about how reading music is important i talk about four-way coordination i talk about knowledge of styles and soloing and then knowledge and so know your drummers, know the history of the instrument, and know your repertoire. So if you want to know about how to be a great uh, R&B drummer, well, you, you know what you can Google? You can Google top 100 Motown songs. You could do the same thing if you want to be a great rock drummer. Top rock and roll songs, 100 rock and roll songs. If you're going to be in a variety band or wanting to be a working drummer, you got to know these things, right? So you could then you could put Spotify playlists together, and you can you could transcribe the drum parts from all these great drummers. You can learn these things. You can buy the charts to them, jam with them. The third thing is tools, tools for your success, which would include tuning, playing with click tracks, running tracks from a digital audio workstation, electronics, and then playing with percussion. Then skills, you know, your listening skills, your ability to take direction, your ability to make people like you your ability to be consistent. And then I talk about business. And this is, these are things that a lot of people never address, which is the business chops of running a tight business, having a social media presence, and then also having an image that is pleasing on camera um, and pleasing and recognizable so that when you are in a party, people can recognize you instantly from across the room. So these are five keys to drumming success, and it allows people to, for me, to keep in touch with them once they download the book. And um, you know, I'm always going to be cranking out these these eBooks and you know, putting out signature products and training videos and stuff. So I think it'd be really fun for your listeners, for sure. Well, we appreciate you making that available to the Drum Shuffle crowd, and uh, again, we'll make sure that the link is prominent on the website so that everybody can grab a copy of it. And it's just. It is really good knowledge, but one of the things that you mentioned in there when you were when you were talking, you know, kind of through the table of contents, you were talking about knowing, you know, the the top 100 R&B songs or the top 100 rock songs. Um, I, I want to tell everybody how you and I cross paths, if that's OK. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, the drum shuffle was down doing some backstage coverage at the Nashville Drummers Jam. And as I was loading out all of the podcast gear I literally almost ran over you. 
<laughs> so really? yes, I literally did. You were standing talking to some folks and, um, you know, I wasn't really, as I am, you know, tend to do. I wasn't really looking ahead. I was talking to somebody and I almost bumped into you and I was like, oh my God, there's Rich. So I, I, I hopefully politely waited until you finished your conversation. I introduced myself. We did the Nashville handshake, which is trading business cards. And we set this thing up. But I bring up Nashville Drummers Jam because, um, you know, the great Kevin Murphy was scheduled to be there. And Kevin wasn't getting back in time to, to make the Nashville Drummers Jam. So David and Tom had to call on somebody else and said, hey, man, I need you to have an Aerosmith song, you know, ready for Monday night. And this phone call went out probably Sunday morning. Uh, and I'm not going to put anybody on the spot here, but he was like, you got it. I know the song. Right. So had that call come to me and I said, yeah, I don't really know that song. Guess what? I just got passed over for an amazing showcase of my drumming talent. So it, <laughs> it really is, you know, that didn't happen, obviously, but you got to know, you got to be prepared for every opportunity as it presents itself. And you talk a lot about being ready to say yes. Always say yes. You know what I mean? Like say yes and then figure out how to make it happen. Um, you know, I have filing cabinets in my studio in Nashville of from the last 25 years of playing in a, a tons of different bands. I've kept every phrase chart, every number chart from every set, from everything I've ever done. And so, um, it'd be awesome if there was an intern out there that wanted to like, I've tried it, but when they come over and they realize what a big job is, we're digitizing every chart on every song I've ever played in the last 25 years. They're like, nah. I don't think I want to do this old man. Um, but, but yeah, just the idea that I do those things all the time, those tributes and it's, you listen to the song, you immerse yourself in the song. I scribble out a chart and by scribbling out a chart, what it does is it helps me learn the song. Um, having that skill set together is really, really good. And then since there's usually never a rehearsal or maybe one really quick rehearsal that includes just running down the song, agreeing on the tempo and then figuring out an ending, I could take that same little chart that's usually the size of a recipe card and I could tape it to the bass drum rim or I could tape it to the hi-hat stand. And that would allow me to play the song flawlessly. Every kick drum pattern, mark all the phrases with all the crucial fills and make the ending correctly. I'll scribble down a BPM. You know, you just, when you get up there on that stage, you want everything to be flawless because good news travels fast, but bad news travels 10 times as fast. And you're in a you're in a business where there's so much competition you can't have a bad day. Just can't. Can't have a bad day. Just not it's not not a smart thing to do. So your preparation is crucial. Um you know, I'm when I get back, um my work year is gonna start I think on January seventh. I'm hosting if anybody's in Nashville, I'm gonna be emceeing and hosting a big charity event for the School of Rock at the Ryman Auditorium. And I'm also gonna get to sit and play with two songs with the kids and my buddy Mike Krampus, guitar player from Smash Mouth, you know, Elton John, Nelly Furtado is going to play two songs. And then our buddy Billy Sheehan, the bass player from Mr. Big Tal's David Lee Roth is going to play two songs with the kids. And so that'll be the same situation. I'll scribble out a chart and I'll jam with the kids and have a big smile on my face and be super supportive. And then a couple of days later, I'm doing a recording session. And then with that artist is going to play at the country music hall of fame. And we got to play 30 songs so what do I have to do after I get off the phone with you? I got to write, I got to scribble out charts for 30 songs, but I'll know the tempo. I'll know the feel. I'll know the form. I'll know all the characteristic fills and, and grooves and all the sections of the songs. And then it'll just be us to determine things like, um, intro. Do we want to extend the intro? Do we want to shorten the intro from the record? Do we want to add a solo section? And then how do we end? It? And then, so do you always have to have a pencil on hand for those kind of things? And then it all goes, into a little book on a music stand with a stand light. And then I take it to the gig and I, and I could play a flawless show and, and direct traffic and the, and the traffic directing um, is a skill that comes from time in the trenches. It's also a skill I got from playing in big bands for like forever. I did, I played in high school, a high school jazz band for four years. I played in a college jazz big band for four years. And then when I got my master's degree at the university of North Texas, I played in the iconic one o'clock lab band that Ray Brinker and 
Greg Bissonnette and Steve Houghton and all these guys have played in. So it was like, it was like a heavy seat. It was a hot seat, but, um, you, you have to learn how to like read, sight read, read ahead of the chart, keep up with it. And so usually the music that I'm playing a lot, pop music, pop country is more, I will say simpler than a lot of the, the music that we played in college. And so it's easy to like, not have to be just staring into a chart you know that you've got probably going to be playing the same kick drum pattern for like eight measures. And then there might be some sort of a fill that you need to go into to, to, to the other section. But that allows me to, to make eye contact with the rest of the band and telegraph like sections of the song. And even though we're not the leader of the band, we're the leader of the band. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the biggest um, role that drummers play in, in any group really is you're at least I take it upon myself to be the guy that knows the uh, arrangement cold. You know, I mean, it's like, no, 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 we go to the bridge section here or, you know, whatever the case may be. And everybody in my musical settings, anyway, they, they, they're always looking at me. Is this the ending? Is this the ending? You know what I mean? I just take that upon myself to be that guy, you have to be the traffic cop on stage. Yes. Yes, it's so important. And that comes with experience, you know, being, say you're, say you're playing with a pickup group, you know, it's like you're playing Brick House, right, for the millionth time. And so I played in a million different bands, nine times out of ten, the ending is going to be something that was, right? Right. And so you're, you know, drummers are great at coming up with these, you know, these cool endings, but sometimes you just, it's like a knucklehead thing. And you just know from all the players and their experience that if everybody's watching and listening, um, you know, there's a lot of those type bands that like corporate events and weddings and bar mitzvahs and you know, where that you're going to be playing that kind of repertoire and you got to be able to get out of the situation and kind of sound pro. And that usually comes from the drummers, especially if there's no rehearsal. So, um, so that just comes from saying yes to everything. Did I learn a lot from being a wedding drummer? You better believe it. Cause I was playing music from literally like 1920 to like, you know, uh, Coolio man, you know, like <laughs> that's a lot of ground. That's a lot of ground, man. And I got really good at learning new songs quickly and programming loops and then playing on top of the loops in a live setting. I was doing that in the nineties in and early two thousands with, um, pop bands in, in Dallas, Texas. And it was like, it was like me and, um, see me, Luke Adams, Adam Gust, Blair Sinta, Keith Carlock, Rob of Sharian, like Craig Pilo, like all these guys that have moved to New York and LA. Um, we were all playing in the Dallas clubs and we were, we all had to learn how to like program loops and play on top of loops and, and, and do it consistently and be learning a lot of new material. Like we learned at least two songs every week, uh, two new songs that were on, that were on the radio. So that was a great experience. So you put that all together with like, okay, so you got classical training, you got marching band. I was eight years in a marching band, all those years playing in a big band. And then, you know, also learning how to play, you know, congas, sometimes as a percussionist with a drummer you put all those different skill sets together, you're going to be a pretty marketable drummer. And the more marketable you are, the more situations you can say yes to. And the more situations you can say yes to, that allows you to actually meet that tastemaker, that gatekeeper, that person that can be your Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, Sting, Elton John, John Mellencamp that you got to meet someone like that. That's going to say, come with me, kid. I got you for the next, you're mine for the next 30 years. You're going to be able to pay your mortgage. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that's so true, but you know, a, a lot of the younger guys, um, younger than me anyway, they just want the call from Jason Aldean or, or John Mellencamp or Elton John. They want to join that established artist band immediately they don't want to find their own to grow with um what yeah. advice do you, you gotta, give for you gotta the, kiss a lot of frogs man to yeah. find that that princess that prince or princess you know what i mean yes i do keep it uh androgynous i mean if i tell if you if you were to see some of the the people that I, that i've kissed along the way meaning like the <laughs> bands that i've played with it'd be some embarrassing situations 
But, you know, if you approach it with professionalism, something always magical comes from saying yes. Or whether you meet another, ba- you meet the bass player that turns you on to another situation or someone walks through the door and sees you play or somebody that comes out and sits in, another singer. Like, so I've always had a takeaway from saying yes. Yeah. It, well, and it's just so important. Now, for somebody on the outside looking in, okay, um, and I, Rich, you've just had an amazing career. There's no, there's no two ways about it. And you've got all these amazing things going on. For somebody on the outside looking in, they would say, Rich Redman is the perfect drummer. You know, he's got everything going for him. You've had your struggles too. Talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, I, I don't know, maybe a time you train wrecked a band or, or you know, and, and overcoming that adversity because I know you've gone through some of those things. Yeah, I see train wrecking. See, he can't think of a single time he's train wrecked. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, I, I, I'll talk about adversity. I, I'll, I think that comes from the idea of like putting yourself out there in an aggressive manner. Like I, I embraced uh, MySpace and I embraced Facebook and I embraced YouTube and every other social platform that's come along that allows you to upload an MP3, a picture or a video to shout, shout to the world to say, hey, I exist, you know, check out check out my work, check out how I sound. You got to be brave. You got to be bold. You got to, and it, you and you'll have so many haters. I mean, I get so many people that are so negative, like hiding behind their computer going, my God, anybody can do that because they really, they only see me like the biggest thing I get exposure from is playing these songs that are between 69 and 86 BPM. And, and it's, it's a big art. It's a big craft. It's an awesome skill set to be able to play that. But as a drummer's drummer, you know, a lot of people aren't going to see what I'm doing and go, Oh, wow. That's just, I mean, it's not, you know, they're looking at minimum. They're looking at Lang's feet, you know, but, but I still have invested those 23 years in learning really how to play a song in the perfect way with my own panache and personality and be recognizable on the radio. I mean, that's kind of what I've devoted all those tens of thousands and hours to. So just because it's not as fast or as flashy doesn't mean I haven't focused a lot of, of energy and at the expense of many things in my life, um, health sometimes with touring or marriages, relationships. I haven't seen, I've missed all of my family's, weddings and births and many, many funerals. And so when you see me play that song in the studio on YouTube, or you see me with that GoPro behind my head playing for those 50,000 people, you're not really, you don't really know my story and what really went into earning and deserving that throne. So if there's people out there, maybe they might be your listeners. I don't know if they're hiding behind their computer and criticizing people. I would say take that energy and putting into creating something special of your own. Yeah, right um, on. You know, it's it's it. The internet is a dark place, and so sometimes you have to like just kind of take it with a grain of salt and not look at that stuff. But I make it a point to personally respond to everyone, and even if they're super dark, I just hit them over the head with like a Jedi force of positivity i just take the high road you know <laughs> yeah well, and but, you, uh, you have to in this day and age and and you know uh, certainly you know my show is all about drumming you know but w- we do live in a very divided uh sort of culture right now uh with all the political stuff that's always going on you know but here's the thing i think you are the same type of person that i am in that you know, in our brief interactions that we've had to get this scheduled and get you on the show. And, and by the way, I hope we have you back many, many more times because you are a, 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 oh, gu- you're a guru, you know. So um, with that being said, you know, I always try to be the guy to help somebody because you might be the only person to do so. Just be kind. That's all you have to do. And, you know, I, you, you talk about always saying yes to a gig or to an opportunity or whatever. But when I said, hey, man, I would love to have you on the drum shuffle, you were like, OK, yeah, reach right out. Let's get it set up. I, I mean, you could have said, no, nah, man, I'm really busy. Um, you know, reach out to, to my publicist in three months. 
You could have done that. <laughs> you you could have no, done I, that. No, you got to execute, man. The, what separates the men from the boys is execution. When you when if somebody is nice enough to ask you to be on their show, you say yes, and then you execute. You get it done. You schedule something immediately. If somebody, um, if if you have a brilliant idea or somebody wants to do something with you, then then be that person that says, okay, you remember last night when we were having, we were on our second cocktail, but you said you wanted to get together. Are we doing that? Like be that person. And then they're probably going to be really surprised that you remembered and followed up. Follow through is everything in life. You have to follow through. And then a lot of times somebody's going to beat you. Like if you have that flash of brilliance, act on it. And the only thing I, I, what I spend my time doing a lot now is, Instead of gobbling up um, as much music, I gobble up um, podcasts. So I've been like just crushing how I built this. Um, it's an NPR, um, it's an NPR podcast about the guy that invented Lyft, the guy that built Chipotle, the the person that that invented the Bumble dating app. It's like you learn how people had all these people consistently had a flash of brilliance. They had an aha moment. And they acted on it, and they had a laser focus, and they followed through. So my laser focus when I moved to Nashville 23 years ago was to be a top call touring and recording drummer. I wrote it down. I laminated it. And every every waking moment was dedicated to being a top call touring and recording drummer. Yeah. And I crashed those parties, and I practiced, and I positioned myself, and I shook hands, and I returned phone calls, and I was the first one there and the last one to leave. And, and, we, and I was able to... To do it right, and now, now it's you, you know you keep um, coming up with new challenges for yourself. You have to keep challenging yourself so you don't become the old, the old guy in the room, right? Talking about, um, and I like these new movies because I like Star Wars. I love Star Wars because it was like they had paper mache, and like of course I love the paper mache, and I, of course I love Alien with the stuff dripping off the guy in the suit, right? But <laughs> yeah, they're not making movies like that anymore, right? I never want to be the old guy. I want to be pushing the envelope. I want to be forward thinking. I want to be writing books and helping people and coming up with new products that change the world. And, and I, and, and most importantly, because everything in life has come from this is that every time I sit behind a set of drums, I want to kick ass. Yeah, I will and, for sure. Know. I mean, and, and you do so, but I think it's, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit that you have that has really, you know, propelled you. And, and I know you wouldn't mention it if I didn't bring it up, but you're up for uh, country drummer of the year in the modern drummer readers poll, uh, which I think voting just closed on. But this would be what the fourth one in a row. Yeah, that would be that would be neat. Neato folks, man, it would make my parents proud again, you know, so uh, <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it's so funny, like competition and music. It, you know, it, it's we don't need the award, but it is always such a fun thing. Like I'm sure every actor in the world loves getting their, loves going to SAG awards and loves going to the Emmys and loves going to the Tonys and loves going to the Academy Awards, um, just because it's nice to be recognized for your lifelong efforts in 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 and being focused on something and and having the follow through and, you know, having the passion to never quit, you know, so, so it's always nice to be, to be, uh, to be recognized. Well, it's, it's well-deserved, Rich. I mean, it, it goes without saying. Now, one other thing that I want you to plug, if you will, I know that you have been doing some mentoring as well and not just the, you know, somebody sending you an email, Hey Rich, how do I get a gig kind of thing? You know, I know that you've actually been taking time out of your schedule to sit down with younger artists and, and help them. Tell us a little bit about how somebody listening today might connect with you like that. Yeah, um, let's see. Um, I, I tell everybody the reason why I'm writing a lot of these books and stuff is because everyone says, hey, can I take you out to coffee and pick your brain? And I tell everybody, man, I'm a huge coffee fan, but I could float away on a river of coffee. And, um, so, so, you know, I think five keys to drumming success is going to have some answers for you. Um, I have a product called drumming in the modern world. You can go to drumming in the modern world.com 
and it's like five and a half hours of like life lessons and advice, technique, solos, behind the scenes of Nashville, how to get a gig, how to keep a gig. It's I basically took my retirement money and I created this, like, it was like a short film. It was like really multi-camera angles. I'm really proud of it. So that'll exist forever. So if people are looking for some like insights on how to play, you know, country, pop country, country rock, modern rock, it's, it's all there. Um, and then, you know, I do a lot of like life coaching, business coaching, career counseling. I, I do lessons over the internet via an app called Meet Hook and it's M-E-E-T Hook. Um, so if you're into that, um, you can just download the Meet Hook app or go to meethook.com and you create a profile. And then here's the deal on the app. I have to make myself available. So I'm so busy. I don't usually make myself available unless someone emails me and says, Hey Rich, can we find a time to connect on the meat hook app? And I'm like, yeah. So if anybody wants to connect with me and has a question about anything, you just hit me at booking at rich Redmond and it's R E D M O N D.com. I respond to every email. Uh, if you send me an MP3 of your band, I will listen to it. And the reason why I do that is because when I was coming up and I was hungry for my heroes to listen to my demo tape and it literally was a tape no one ever got back to me. So um, I, I just told myself that I would listen to everybody. And even if it's just a couple of short sentences, I will respond to your email. But if you want to go deeper and you want to ask me any question about drumming, business, moving to Nashville, cultivating your career, I usually try to do it on the, the Meat Hook app. Um, and then um, if you're so inclined, you, you can hit me up and I teach at a place called Drum Paradise in Nashville and we could set up a time and it, we could do a, f a physical in-person lesson at drum paradise, which is uh, my, basically my cartridge company, but my, my drum tech, John Hall is very savvy and forward thinking. Um, he and the owner, um, uh, Harry McCarthy, who's worked with Steve Gadd and everyone is Keith Urban's drum tech. Now they created a nice little teaching facility there. And so I'll meet you over there and we could do an in-person lesson. And then I'm still always doing my clinics and, um, three to four times a year, I have a thing called a drum intensive, which is eight hours with me in Nashville or Los Angeles. And we start with reading and then we go into technique and then we go into charting and then we do four way coordination, money beats, playing with a click track. And then at the end of the day, you have to perform a note for note rendition of a song for your peers and we videotape it and then you get to keep it and use it for yourself. So I'm kind of always always doing that. So between meat hook and just hitting me at my website, um, we can always connect. And if you're a recording artist or a songwriter, um, I have a production company called 1225 entertainment. And so we always listen to submissions, um, 1225 entertainment at gmail.com. Well, I think it's great that you have yourself out there so much for everybody and you, and you are such a wealth of knowledge. So, you know, from, from all the drummers, thanks for, for doing all that good stuff. Now, um, you know, as is the tradition on the drum shuffle, I'm going to make you boil everything down into one piece of advice for all of us. Give us your best piece of advice based on your amazing career. Thank God it's not one sentence. That'd be really hard to do. <laughs> you know what? What you know? Woody Allen says, you know, like ninety nine percent of life is showing up. But imagine if you showed up early, overly prepared, with a giant smile on your face, willing to take direction, and you're the last to leave, and then you follow up and keep up with the person that you just worked with. You'll work for the rest of your life, right? So, so I would just say, you know. Have a firm handshake, run a, run a tight business, be great at what you do, be sincere, um, be well steeped in integrity and character, uh, be honest, um, be happy, surround yourself with like-minded individuals birds of a feather, they will flock together. So find your tribe of people that are like-minded, that have similar goals that want to help each other and lift each other up. Be bold, be fearless. You only have one life. You don't want to regret not chasing your dreams. And um, yeah, be sincere, be kind, all those things, man. Be happy, play some kick-ass drums, you know? 
and um, treat yourself like a business. Yeah, man. Rich, such great words of advice. Hey, brother, thank you so much uh, for taking some time. It goes without saying, open door. Anytime you want to come on this program, you are always welcome. We got to have you back uh, again in the new year uh, to talk about uh, everything that's going on in your life. Well, I sure appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big thrill to be asked to do these kind of things. And uh, anybody can just keep in touch with me through that email address and I'd love for everyone to follow me on Instagram because that's a great way I'm putting anything I do out there just two three times a day there's some fun stuff on there and it's just at my name Rich Redmond killer man well we're going to send some folks your way and the link to the ebook will be up on the drumshuffle.com I appreciate it man have a good one hey thanks so much see everyone keep in touch All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up episode 52 of the Drum Shuffle. Many thanks to Rich for taking time out of his super busy schedule to come on our show. We really do appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, Just tons of great knowledge from one of the, the veteran pros in our business for sure. Now, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen in today. We have so many great guests coming up uh, on future episodes. You're certainly not going to want to miss those. Um, next week, I'm going to be joined here on this program uh, by Pat Gerasia. Pat is the drummer in Red Sun Rising, fantastic new band. Uh, the week after that, I am going to be joined by Jay Took from the Steelwoods, another fantastic band uh, that has a new record out right now. Just fantastic stuff. So you're not going to want to miss those episodes. Of course, we love hearing from you throughout the week. Uh, our email address is the drum shuffle podcast at gmail.com. Our web address is the drum And of course, you can find more information on me over at jamieeds.com. Really do appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. We can't do any of this without every single one of you. So my heartfelt thanks for that. So until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. 